Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you that you are doing your best. Whatever you are doing, you are doing your best with what you have right now. And that best will look different today compared to how it looked yesterday or how it will look tomorrow. Some days your best will be super productive and other days your best will be just managing to show up and do the bare minimum. But any day and every day that you get up and you choose to try to do your best, know that that is enough. You are trying your best and that is always enough. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister. And each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm gonna teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset we can face anything welcome back to the podcast lovely listeners and welcome to the month of march can you believe this is the last month and we're in the last couple of episodes before we are going to take our end of season two break season two is nearly at an end i really can't believe it i feel like this season has flown by and it has been such a joy to connect with you all and grow this community and also to be able to have so many wonderful guests on the show as well to i guess expand on the conversations and add more expertise or different points of view and different perspectives to this concept of showing up for ourselves and filling up our own cups. So here we are in March, nearly at the end of season two. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind you right off the top that Next week, I am hosting a special live recording of the podcast, Fill Up Your Cup Live, and you're all invited. It is free to register and free to join. It's going to be somewhat of a mini masterclass meets Q&A. I'm going to be sharing some top tips for self-care some spring-themed self-care since we are heading into spring. And as well as that, I'll be opening the chat and the virtual room to your questions, to bring your questions to the show, whatever's on your mind, whatever you want to know more about, whether that's something that we've already dove into so far this season or in last season, or just something that you have been dying to ask or dying to have some extra advice on or to chat about. So check out the link in the show notes for that. 
go ahead and register. I would love to see you there. Even if you are not sure if you want to come on and ask a question, sign up and join us live. The last live workshop that I hosted in February was amazing. There was such an amazing energy in the virtual room and I really want to bring that to this live recording of the show. So I would love to see you there. Now to the topic of today's episode, which is tagging on a little bit from last week's episode where we sat down and chatted with joy activation coach, Danielle Brooker, who really specializes in her work around helping people manage and move through stress, or as she likes to call it, busyness. So today I wanted to talk a little bit more about that topic and that theme of stress because next month, April, is Stress Awareness Month, but obviously the podcast will be on holiday during the month, which will be a great way for me to manage my stress, but I wanted to dive into the topic of stress a little bit more and share with you some self-care for stress ahead of Stress Awareness Month, Um, and also because I feel like we're at that point in the year where we start to pick up momentum a little bit more. I feel like January and February can be kind of like warm-up months where we've started, but things haven't really like kicked off yet. But I, when I, f- I feel like when we get to March and April, that kind of acknowledgement of the fact that we are a quarter of the way through the year hits in and a lot of the time whether that's in work in our careers in our personal life we kind of feel this sense of things have to kick it up we have to kick it up a notch and we have to build a little bit of momentum and stress can increase depending on you know what your lifestyle is and what kind of career you are in. I know for me coming from a background of teaching and working in education, this was definitely the time of the year when you start to feel the pressure because you realize that you are coming to pretty much the end of the academic year and there's so much that you need to do with your students. So maybe it's just me, but I do feel like at this point of the year, things start to get a little bit more stressful or we, I guess, lose touch with that sense of calm and newness that comes with the new year and that whole new year, new vibe, new energy, and we just fall back into old routines and old patterns maybe as well. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit in today's episode. And the reason that I wanted to really dive into this topic of stress was because for me, the month of February ended up being an unexpectedly stressful month. So let me take it back a little bit. I shared at the start of the season that This year, not only am I choosing a word of the year, but each month I am choosing a word of the month to help me mindfully show up to my bigger whole year goals and break them down into monthly goals and just be really present with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So for January, the word that I chose was ease. And I talked a lot about that in episode two, um, right after we came back from the holidays, about why I chose ease and how I wanted to bring this energy of ease to my goals and to ease into the year. Then at the end of January, I was reflecting on what I wanted my word of the month for February to be. And I felt pulled to the idea of the word rise and bringing this energy of rise to February. 
And in my mind, that was all about being ready to rise to the challenges because I've had this lovely, easy start to the year. And I really like let myself ease into things and not get stressed and overwhelmed about all of the things that need to be done to bridge the gap between where I am and where I want to be by the end of the year. So rise for me in February was about starting to rise to the challenges ahead of me in terms of the goals that I wanted to meet, to start to rise energy levels, to be more energized, to be showing up to my work with more energy, and to also start to build this momentum, to be picking up pace, to be trying to build on each week from what I'd done the week before and I guess really to bring an energy to what I was doing that was what was in my mind that was the idea that I had and so when I chose this word at the end of January I was really excited about going into February and starting to bring more energy to what I was doing and to really put my head down and throw myself into my work and the goals that I had around that and then my very loving partner surprised me at the start of the month with a brand new puppy which was an early valentine's day present and for any of you who have had a puppy brought a puppy home um, you might know just how much energy they have and how much energy they require our other dog is like four years old so i had completely forgot just how much attention and energy small puppies need and so what happened was I had this vision for what February would be and in my mind I was really looking forward to having this month where I would just really be dedicated to my work to my business and to this energy of rise And the challenge that came along that I needed to rise to was not one that I predicted or expected. And there were many sleepless nights at the start of the month. And I started to feel an energy of stress instead of an energy of rise, instead of an energy of excitement, instead of an energy of momentum. And instead of an energy of abundance as well, I really snapped back into that scarcity mindset that lack mindset and I was just looking at everything that I wasn't getting done because of this unexpected surprise so I quickly had a little chat with myself and decided to reset that mindset because this was an abundance of joy and it was an abundance of newness and excitement that had come into our lives and we love our other dog and we love seeing the two of them play together and there was all of that and so instead of focusing on the lack I was like okay my year my word of the year is abundance I need to focus on what is abundant within this situation and right now it's not time for my business but it is joy and unlocking all of these new memories that I'm gonna cherish for years to come so if I stay focused on this lack mindset if I stay in this energy of being stressed about what I'm not getting done I'm not going to be able to appreciate and enjoy this moment of having a new puppy because he's not going to be a puppy forever Beside that, I realized I do still have work. I do have goals that I want to get done and I want to find a way to be able to enjoy this and also still be able to meet my 
goals for February and to bring this energy of rise. And so the second week in the month, I just tried to show up really energetic to everything, to the puppy, to cleaning the house after the puppy, to showing up to my desk every day. And very quickly, I did not have any rise in energy. I had more of an opposite effect where every day that I was showing up, I was feeling less and less energetic and less and less motivated and basically just very tired. And that also creates this sense of stress. So I was still feeling stressed about just not being able to show up with this energy of rise. I was getting really frustrated about it. The big learning moment for me kind of came still very much at the start of the month where I had this kind of aha moment. I was at the end of the day feeling exhausted I got to that point of tired where, you know, there was like one more thing. If I was asked to do one more thing, I was definitely just going to break down and cry. We've all been there. We know that level of tiredness. And I was getting ready for my shower and I was scrolling on my phone, having like a moment of silence in the bedroom. And I came across a post that someone else had reshared from my Instagram page that I had illustrated almost a year ago and it was a very simple post with a very simple quote which was some days we rise and some days we rest and that for me was the light bulb moment of realizing that I had chosen the word of rise to be my word of the month for February but there was this golden nugget of a lesson within that that I didn't see coming But that in that moment was blatantly obvious. And that was in order to rise, we need to rest. So since the start of the month, I had been trying to build this momentum. I had been trying to rise to challenges. I was trying to have higher higher energy levels, higher motivation levels. But I wasn't doing anything about the other side of that. In order to rise, I needed to rest. And I wasn't letting myself rest because I was frustrated about the fact that I wasn't rising to the challenges and I wasn't bringing the energy of this word of the month. And I realized in that moment that in order to show up with an energy of rise, I needed to give an equal amount of attention and importance to an energy of rest and finding the balance of the two of those. And when I started to bring this approach to the rest of the month and started to look at what can I do to recharge my batteries? What can I do to put back in? What can I do to fill up my cup and find that balance of the energy that I was putting out and the energy that I was putting in? And the more that I started to do that and the more that I started to shift my routines and sometimes even shift my workday to meet my energy, the more I was actually able to rise to the challenges and to feel that momentum slowly starting to build near the end of the month. Did I meet all of my February goals? No. Did I achieve what I had envisioned at the start of the month? No. But I did learn a really valuable lesson about stress and about feeling stressed about not achieving our goals and not having that momentum and having that drive and direction. And that was in order to rise, you need to rest. You have to find the balance. 
we need to have a new perspective on stress. A lot of the time, the conversation around stress focuses on how we can avoid stress, what we need to do in our life to reduce stress or avoid stress. And very often that is workplace linked. And stress is an uncomfortable feeling, an uncomfortable sensation, but it's also an unavoidable sensation. And just like all of our other uncomfortable emotions, uncomfortable feelings, the more we try to avoid it, the more it builds the next time that we feel it. And pushing it down or bottling it up or having this avoidance towards it doesn't actually help us to deal with it when we do experience it because we will experience stress in our lives. Our stress response is built into us in the same way that our fight or flight response is built into us. It is a way that our body responds to stimuli, to situations in order to attempt to make us function better. So when you are at work and you have a deadline or there is a sudden unexpected moment, you feel that surge of adrenaline and that surge of tunnel visioned focus almost where you can give all of this energy to this particular task to make it happen. That is when our stress response works for us. When it doesn't work for us is when that's how we're showing up and working all day, every day, all of the time. When we're constantly in that stress state, we're putting our body under a lot of pressure. The solution really is not how do I avoid stress, but rather how do I learn how to better manage stress? How do I help myself move through stress so I can capitalize off of the high functioning part of it, the part that helps me to perform under pressure, but then also recognize when I'm staying in that stress state and how I can bring myself out of it. Something that's helped me a lot recently when it comes to feeling stressed, and it was exactly the process that I ran through in February when I started to feel stressed and frustrated about not making enough progress towards my goals. And it's a strategy that I wished I'd used more when I was working full time to help me use stress to my benefit rather than staying in a stress state and letting that burn me out. And that is three simple questions, a very quick reflection. You can grab a notebook, divide it into three columns. And at the first, the top of the first column, you want to ask yourself what's working. At the top of the second column, ask yourself what's not. And at the top of the third, ask yourself what could be improved. You can do this reflection around anything, around work, around your team, around family routines, around personal goals, a routine that you have, whatever it is, something that is stressing you out in your life, ask yourself what's working, what's not, what could be improved. And then really dive into each of these questions and really break down the situation as it is. Rather than focusing on the sensation of stress, try and connect with 
all of the moving parts about what's going on right now. What is working? So what are the parts that I need to keep that help me? What's not working? What is not helping me or this situation at all? Highlight it and be honest with yourself about it, even if it's directly related to you, because unless we recognize what's not working, we can't improve the situation and we're just going to stay in that stressed state. And then the third point is what could be improved. So that's looking at the parts of your systems and your routines and whatever your situations, your workplaces that are kind, they're not quite a problem. It's not that they're unhelpful, but they're also not completely helpful either. And they're not parts of your systems and routines that are working to the best of their ability. So it's all about building routines, habits, and systems in your life that help you manage your responsibilities and your potential stressors. It's not about avoiding the stress. It's not about becoming more stressed because of the stress that you have in your life because of all the responsibilities that you have. It's about taking a good look at the areas of your life that are creating stress and figuring out how you can develop routines or build systems for yourself that will better support you to show up meet those responsibilities, but still have time to be kind to your mind, to fill into your own cup, to rest, to take a break, to look after your physical and mental well-being. Because the downside to staying in this high stress state constantly is that it is a surefire path to burnout. And when we reach burnout and we allow ourselves to keep going down the road to burnout instead of looking at everything that's going on and trying to figure out a way to find more balance in our lives, when we reach burnout, that's it. Everything has to stop. We will not be able to show up to the responsibilities in our lives. A lot of the time, the conversation around self-care and even the conversation around managing stress and supporting yourself with stress is, I don't have time for a rest. I don't have time for a break. I don't have time to slow down. If I do, I'm going to feel more stressed because I'm not doing this thing. And often, as we talked a little bit about in our conversation with Danielle last week, often we create this sense of busyness for us and we almost create more things for us to do and we create more stress in our lives because we're not willing to stop and slow down and look at what's going on and find a better way to deal with it. We're not willing to stop and let ourselves rest so that we do have the energy to show up to what we need to do. And when we finally do stop, whether because we choose we, we want to show up with more mindfulness or because we've reached burnout. And I've experienced that version of this story as well, of allowing myself to maintain and remain in that stress state and just hit the wall of absolute burnout, emotional, physical burnout, and feeling like I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. When we eventually stop, whether because we mindfully choose to do so or because burnout forces us to do so, what we realize is the value of stopping and taking that break and taking that rest and having these conversations with ourselves and asking ourselves, what is not working? And how can I 
help myself to make it work better? What can I try instead? Sometimes stress and stressful situations cause us to end up in this mindset, this blocked mindset or this problem-focused mindset where all we see is what is not working or all we feel is uncomfortable feelings and we don't allow ourselves to enter that solution-focused thinking, to learn from these uncomfortable feelings and to find new approaches. The way you're doing things now, if it is creating this continuous state of stress for you and creating this narrative of I don't have time to take a rest or to take a break, if that's how your life feels like right now or some aspect of your life feels right now, then that can't be the best way to approach it. There has to be some other way that you can approach that situation or that part of your life that is going to better support you showing up for this responsibility and for yourself. If you want to rise, you have to rest. You have to find the balance. Hey there, lovely listeners. Can you believe that there is only a few weeks and a few episodes left in season two of Fill Up Your Cup podcast? If you're enjoying the show and you want to be even more involved, then I am delighted and excited to announce that I'll be hosting a special live version of our podcast, Fill Up Your Cup Live in March, and I would love for you to join us. This is your chance to connect with me, your favorite podcast host and internet big sister, as well as other like-minded listeners in real time. We'll be discussing some of our most popular topics, and I'll be answering your questions live in the recording. It's going to be amazing. So whether you're sipping coffee in your cozy pajamas or chilling on the couch with a glass of wine, you can join us from the comfort of your own home on Zoom and I promise you're going to leave feeling good. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be a part of the Fill Up Your Cup community and to connect with other amazing listeners. You can find the link to register for Fill Up Your Cup Live in the show notes of this episode, as well as all of the details that you need to know about the live episode recording. I can't wait to see you there. about finding the balance, about looking at what's creating the stress for us in our lives and starting to to really analyze what parts of those systems and routines and habits in that area of our lives is working and what is not and how we can improve it. So be sure you work through that exercise. Grab your notes app on your phone, grab your journal and check in with yourself and keep running through that check-in. Just because you create a new approach to it doesn't mean that that's it. That's the approach you have to take. Remember, if it's still creating stress, if it's still not working in a way that helps you 
show up for your responsibilities and show up for yourself, then there has to be an alternative, another way that you can do it. It's not about avoiding the stress. It's about managing and helping yourself move through it in the best way possible so you can function as the best version of yourself, so you can show up and do your best. But how do we find that balance? How do we balance out that stress state with a calmer, more comfortable feeling? Because as we've talked about, remaining in that stress state and constantly being plugged into that stress state, while it can help us be more high high performing in uh, situations where we need to be high functioning and we need that adrenaline rush, if we don't consider the balance of after this stressful day, after I've dealt with this unexpected change, this crisis at work, and I've used my high functioning stress to help me focus and move through it, and it's all good, I survived, it's done. How do we find the balance? What kind of self-care can we do to help us move through stress and also recover physically and emotionally after a day where we have experienced stress? Stress is going to show up in our lives in lots of different forms, in lots of different experiences. Um, If we're students, for example, stress is a huge part of the student experience when you're going through exams. You can tell yourself not to stress, but you're still going to stress because your body's going into this adrenaline mode of trying to help you hyper-focus and get through this exam that you need to do. So that's an example of a moment when stress shows up in our lives and we can't really avoid it, but it doesn't also necessarily hinder us either if we learn how to manage it properly and if we learn how to balance out afterwards. How do we balance out the extreme level of function that our body goes into when we are stressed with some restorative, replenishing self-care afterwards? It's all about the balance. If you are having a stressful day and you come home and you feel drained, then it's about asking yourself, what can I do now to help me feel restored, to help me recharge, to help me fill back into my cup so that I can show up for my responsibilities again tomorrow. And if I do experience a situation that creates stress tomorrow, at least I've taken some time now to recharge. So I have the physical and emotional energy to move through that stress again tomorrow. It's all about the balance. How can you balance your uncomfortable feelings afterwards, You after you experience them? How can you help yourself move through them rather than trying to avoid them? Here are some self-care for stress ideas. If you have been through an, a stressful experience recently, if you are moving through an ex- a stressful moment in your life, or you're someone who works in a high stress environment or you have stress around your job or you have stress around your family here are some things that you might consider using to help you balance out the energy that you physically and emotionally put out when you are stressed to pour back into your cup so the first one is meditation i talked a little bit about meditation a couple of weeks ago in our episode about mindfulness And one of the things that came up from our listeners was 
this resistance towards meditation because it has to be a way that I clear my mind. That if my mind isn't empty while I'm meditating, then I'm not actually meditating. But meditation is really about connecting with the inner part of yourself. So slowing down your mind rather than emptying your mind. And that's why practicing meditation can be a really powerful tool to help you balance the high output of energy that you use when you are stressed because it can help you slow down your nervous system through slowing down physically and mentally yourself. So if you aren't comfortable with self-guided meditation, there are so many apps and even YouTube videos that you can download and listen to for guided meditation and try out a couple of ones and, and find what style of guided meditation really works for you. And even if the first time you try it, you don't notice anything, stick with it because meditation, like self-care, like mindfulness, like gratitude, is a practice. And the more you practice it, the more you're going to see the benefits of it. So if you've had a stressful day, try taking 5, 10, 15 minutes where you put in your headphones, you put on a guided meditation, and you just sit and focus on the meditation and work on mindfully slowing down your mind, slowing down your breathing, slowing down your heart rate and bringing yourself down from the buzz of being stressed. Another really helpful self-care tool for balancing out stress is journaling. Again, if you're Coming out of this high stress state, often our mind is running really quickly, we're having lots of thoughts, maybe we feel like we haven't finished what we're doing or we haven't done it to the best of our abilities because we're still in that stressed mindset. Grabbing your journal and doing some stream of conscious writing to get all of those excess thoughts out of your mind and onto the paper to again work on slowing down your thinking. So if you're remaining stressed after a stressful day of work, I think something that often happens is like we have a stressful day at work and then we're on our commute home and we're thinking about all of the things that we need to do at home that evening and we're running through our to-do list and then we're thinking about all of the things we're going to need to do at work tomorrow to make up for the fact that we had to focus all of our time and energy on this thing that created stress today. And so our mind is going 100 miles an hour and we're staying in that high stress state. So grabbing your journal, write it down, write down all of your to-do lists, write down everything that's going through your mind, whether that's just creating lists or brain dumps or mind maps or just doing that really juicy stream of conscious writing until you get to a place where you can feel your thinking processes slowing down and getting back to a more calm state where you feel physically connected to the present moment again, where you feel like you're in your body rather than outside of yourself, looking at yourself in this stressful moment. Journaling can be super powerful to help with that. And then it can also be really powerful in that you can read back over what you've written once you get to that calmer state and you can look at everything that your mind has spewed onto this page and go, okay, well, 
that's a reasonable thing to be concerned about and that's not. This is something I can control and this is something I cannot control. And you can even go, okay, well, here are some next steps I can give myself or here is a reasonable amount of things off of this to-do list that I'm going to be able to achieve tonight. But I also need to make space to rest and to recharge or else I'm not going to be able to show up for everything on that to-do list for tomorrow. And you can get to that, I guess, more mindful and self-aware place through doing this practice of journaling. Another way that you can balance that stress through self-care is creating a calm zone for yourself. This is particularly good for any of you listeners who are parents or who work with small children. And from coming from a background of doing that myself, something that I learned the hard way in my early years of teaching was that when I was stressed, and poorly managing my stress, that that had an impact on the stress levels and the energy levels of the children that I was working for. And again, when I talk about self-care, taking time for yourself and taking breaks and resting on social media, something that comes up in that conversation a lot is, if I'm a parent, I don't have time to do that. And what I would counter that with and what I would add to that conversation and encourage you to consider reflecting on is that by modeling these practices of self-care, by modeling a healthy way of managing high stress feelings and the emotions that come with that, you are showing your children, you are teaching them through action, through modeling how they can do that in their own lives. And you are breaking the cycle of stress that our hustle culture has created for us, where we grow up in this society believing that in order to be successful, in order to be doing a good job, we have to be in this high stress state all the time. And if we're not in that high stress state all the time, then we must not be doing enough. So creating a calm zone in your home or in your classroom, if you're an educator or just for yourself, if it's just for you, A space where when you are in this high stress state or when you have these big feelings, as I like to to call them when I worked with small children, you can go and take a moment to be by yourself. It's a place where you can go when your emotions are high, when you're feeling stressed, just to take a moment to breathe. You could set a timer. You could have a sand timer like I used to use. You can put some of the things in that space that create a sense of calm for you and your family. Um, So some nice cushions, some blankets, um, maybe some headphones to listen to some calm music, whatever it is that helps you return to this place of calm but creating this calm zone this dedicated space where when I am in this place I'm communicating non-verbally that I just need a moment to collect myself and come back to a space of calm and when I see someone else using the space I can also respect that boundary so that's a great way of finding the balance of stress and also as I've said if you're a parent or you're someone who works with small children being able to teach these small humans how to manage the stress and big feelings that they experience in a really healthy way. And also being able to learn through when they use this calm zone, when they need that moment to be by themselves. Another thing that I think is a really great self-care action for balancing out this high energy of stress 
is screen free time. (laughs) And I can already hear people listening saying, well, being on my phone, scrolling on social media is a way that I de-stress after a long day of work. And yes, maybe it is. But are you using social media, your phone, whatever it is, your screen time actually to de-stress? Or are you using it to numb yourself from the feelings that you have just experienced? Because there's a big difference between going through that process of bringing yourself down through the other things that we've talked about so far. So meditation, journaling, having your calm zone where you do your breath work and you return to that place of calm. There's a big difference between that and just picking up your phone and scrolling on social media as a way to avoid thinking about all of the things that you are dealing with right now, to avoid running through a recap of the day as your mind goes 100 miles an hour. Because as soon as you put down that device, all of those thoughts are going to creep back in. The other reason that I want you to consider that your screen time may not be helping you balance out the high um energy of stress is that often when we're on our phones and we're on social media, we're still plugged in. We're still switched on. We're numbing our thoughts and our feelings in a way, but we're not switching off. We're not bringing ourselves to a place of calm. We're not mindfully present and we're not actually resting or recharging. We're just keeping our minds on in this really low energy state, which isn't really filling into our cup either. If you've had a stressful day, limit your screen time after work, especially before bed, and do something else that you find calming, but allows you to be more mindfully present in the action of what you're doing. So that might be doing a puzzle. It might be reading a book. It might be going for a walk. It might be knitting or sewing or some kind of craft activity, something that is slow and calm that allows you to focus your thoughts on the action that you are doing without numbing yourself from the day that you just experienced, but rather being mindfully present with yourself and allowing your thoughts and your feelings and your physical actions to slow down and reconnect to a place of calm. Another very powerful self-care tool for managing stress is exercise and movement. Now, I know often when we've had a stressful day, when we're feeling that burnout energy, exercising and moving our body is the last thing we want to do because we feel like we don't have any more energy to put out. But what exercise and movement is a really powerful tool for supporting us doing is moving through the stress and the physical response of our body to when we are in a stress state. Something that Dr. Julie Smith talks about in her book, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before?, is the use of exercise and movement in managing stress or anxiety or any of those high energy emotions and states that trigger our flight or fight response in our body. So when you think about the origins of the fight or flight response, it is to protect us from danger, to respond to a stressor, a trigger that is a danger for us. And either we 
fight. So we go into high drive, big action, or we go to flight. We evacuate the situation. We move away from it. And when you think about way back in our caveman days, that would be a physically fight a predator or physically run away from a predator. And something that she talked about in her book that I found really interesting as a mindset switch is that when we're in these um, states that trigger this fight or flight response, our body physically wants to move through that. And so by responding to stress or responding to our anxiety or our fear or anything else that triggers this with exercise and movement, our brain and our body feels like it has processed this fight or flight. It feels like it has moved us away from the danger, even if it's just that we're running on a treadmill in the gym. It's about how our brain is built, about our brain chemistry, and about the response within our brain that doing this movement triggers. So having regular exercise and movement in your routine to help you balance that out, to help you move through the process of your fight or flight and to, I guess, trick your brain into thinking that you have coped with this danger can really help your mind get back to that place of calm. It can help your thought processes to slow down and for everything to go back to normal functioning because you have physically exercised, you physically exerted some energy and your brain is like, okay, that's great. We've run away from the danger. We're good. We can turn all of our other systems back on. And finally, something that you might not consider as self-care, but really is self-care for stress is taking action or planning next steps. And that brings me back to that reflection exercise that I talked about in the first part of the episode. When you've brought yourself back to a place of calm, when you acknowledge that there is something in your life that is regularly triggering stress that you are not coping to manage with anymore, then taking time to sit down and give yourself some goals or next steps or actions that you can take to improve the situation and help you better manage this stress, to help you better show up for yourself, to ask yourself what parts of my routines in this area of my life are working, what is not working, and what could be improved. What could I add in here to help me balance out this high energy of stress? What could I change? What could I reduce in order to still be able to show up for my responsibilities but not to the point where they are constantly keeping me in this stress state. So that might be being more mindful of your break times at work. I bring up this example all of the time because I know that there are some of you who are listening to this who do not take your breaks at lunch um, or when you're on your break, you're doing something else or thinking about something else and you're not being physically present in your downtime. So maybe something that you can do plan as a next step is to focus on doing something mindful during your break time so that you can slow down your mental state and your physical state so that you can reconnect with that place of calm before you go back to work and that that will help you balance things out that will help you fill back in a little bit before you need to pour back out it might be taking a look at your morning routines and your evening routines 
What are you doing in the evening when you get home from work? How are you setting up your evening routine to help you get ready for bed, to be ready to sleep and have a good night's sleep? Are you getting a good night's sleep? What could you do to improve your sleep? Who could you talk to if your sleep is continuously a problem? And how is that impacting how you show up to the other areas of your life. So really taking a look at your bigger picture and planning out what actions you can take to improve your routines for yourself because you are doing this for you and these steps and these new things that you try are going to help you find that balance of energy out and energy in so that you can show up for all of your responsibilities and still feel like you have time for yourself. I'd love to hear what kind of self-care actions help you when you're feeling stressed. So head over to Instagram, find the podcast as fill up your cup pod, hit that follow button if you haven't already and send me a DM or comment on our most recent post And let me know what helps you fill into your cup when you're feeling stressed. If you liked this episode and you're enjoying the show, please leave a review and let me know your thoughts. Rating and reviewing the show helps me, first of all, to keep creating the kind of content that you really want to hear. And it also helps even more lovely humans find the show and join this lovely feel-good community. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to also subscribe to the show wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcasts so that you never miss out on new episodes. And if you want to support the show and show your love for me in these episodes, you can send me a coffee on on coffee or Kofi, and all the details of how to do that are linked in the show notes. Finally, this is your final reminder, don't forget to sign up for Fill Up Your Cup Live which as you are listening to this episode will be happening next week. It's going to be super exciting. It's going to be a wonderful way for us to connect as a community. As I said, I'll be sharing lots of self-care tips. And of course, I'll be opening up the Zoom chat box and the virtual room to your questions. And I am super excited to do this live version of the show and to end out the season with this fun way of connecting with you guys as a community. So be sure to sign up for that. It's free and I can't wait to see you there. Until then, remember that you can't pour from an empty cup. So reflect on how you can find the balance of rest and rise in your life And do something this week that helps you keep your cup topped up. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by leaving a review or rating this episode wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast streaming app so that you never miss out on new episodes. If you want to submit a question or a story for a future episode or add to our suggestion cup, you can do so by heading on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me 
by finding the podcast on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod and you can send me a DM with your questions, stories, or ideas for the show. Don't forget, you can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me you'll do one thing today that brings you joy.